there, Bucketheads. <laughs> We're like one of my intro. Away. If I never do the ghost intro, something's wrong. Ooh. <laughs> um, we are one episode away from being done with Mississippi. I know. And I'm like, so I'm excited because like Mississippi was so sad, but now I'm scared because we were excited for Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like we're I feel like the every every season is going to do this. Like we're going to get really really like upset with the rest of the one state that we're finishing up because there's either too little or too much. And then mm-hmm. we're going to be really excited about the new state and we get the new state. We're pumped. And then it's just going to go downhill again. And then it's a big roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a roller coaster no matter what we do. Well, but it's just because history is depressing, but interesting. And yeah, there's you. It's you can't have really honestly one without the other. Exactly. If you have, if you're not sad by history, there's a problem. Yeah. And you're, then no, you're not really a historian. You're looking at what you want to see, not everything. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, you, I believe, start this week. I do. And oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, goody. I can't wait. Apparently. No. Okay. So, no. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was only one set of unorganized crime people in Mississippi, and that was the <laughs> Dixie Gang. <laughs> Because I put in so many different iterations into Google of organized crime Mississippi, unorganized crime Mississippi, crime enterprises Mississippi, bootlegging Mississippi. Like, I went through the gambit. And it was just the Dixie Gang? It was just the Dixie Gang. Dang it, I'm sorry. No, dude, you're good because, like, I learned some things and I was just like, okay, well, we're going to talk about this because technically crime was involved. Okay. And it also was unorganized. Oh, well, that that fits the bill no problem. So, so the, the categories are very loosely based at this exactly, point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about prohibition today. Because uh, Mississippi went weird directions with prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, this doesn't this doesn't track with what I know of Mississippi. <laughs> so we all know prohibition banning of alcohol in america blah 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 blah. uh the federal ban on alcohol lasted for 13 years really it was that long it was uh officially from so like the the amendment was done in like 1918 but they had to ratify it in 1919 because some states found a way around it so like it officially started in 1920 and then it lasted until 1933 okay yeah that sounds that sounds a little bit better yeah so yeah. like you hear 13 years you're like what and then yeah you hear the years and you're like okay no that tracks yeah that sounds a little bit better i felt like it was like a little bit longer like i felt like it was closer to maybe like 20 years because like enterprises were built and yeah thrived and just prohibition itself like you had to have at least two years maybe like minimum to make a speakeasy like <laughs> I we needed so- interior decorators. Yeah, like- we needed to play somebody who could install a secret door. We needed to learn knocks. <laughs> yeah, like it was a lot of preparation to be like to have like a fully functioning speakeasy. So like mm-hmm. thirteen years doesn't seem like long enough. Yeah, for, for speakeasies to truly to come into their own. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's fair. Okay. So when the ban was lifted, some states were very quick to re-legalize alcohol sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when the federal government was like, hey, it's all good now. But as we know, Mississippi doesn't really like following federal laws. They don't like following many of any laws but okay <laughs> as as we have learned through our trek through mississippi history mm-hmm. um they were a little extra when it came to prohibition hmm. I, I, okay i want to guess go ahead guess i want to yeah i want to guess okay so let's see um i'm gonna say they're not gonna go straight out and just legalize it i feel like they're only going to legalize it like once a week or some bullshit like that. <laughs> no. Okay. So <laughs> in Mississippi, people were trying to make the state a dry state as far back as 1833. Wait, so they didn't even <laughs> legalize it? <laughs> More organized efforts began in the mid 1870s. Oh no. <laughs> The first restriction to help limit the sale of alcohol was in 1874 when a law was passed that required anyone wanting to sell alcohol that if they wanted to obtain a license to do that, they had to obtain it from a majority of the area's registered voters, as well as a majority of all women over 14 years old. I like how they had to make that distinction. Well, because women remember, women, women, women couldn't vote. <laughs> but also in Mississippi, 14 was Marian age. Like, oh, no. I know. As soon as I read that, I was like, why 14? Oh. Uh, that's so gross. It's like, I, so gross. I couldn't that is have, a child. I, uh, that is a child. <laughs> uh. It's still gross. I'm sorry. It's still gross. I couldn't even um, imagine getting married at thir- at 14. Blech. And then ex- being expected to take care of a home. I can't even take care of my own home and I'm 29. <laughs> <laughs> and like they had like so many more chores back then. <laughs> and so many more children. <laughs> well, okay, then. Well, I guess the more children you have, the more help you <laughs> That's why they had more children. <laughs> They're like, well, they you, so like, I'm. Go- I think we're like maybe thinking seven kids, because if like one or two die at an early <laughs> age, we'll be set. Still, we still got like five or six. That'll be plenty to you know cook and clean and do all the weird shit that we have to do because it's the 1800s and you know technology's Churn weird. Butter. <laughs> Why do I feel like that's like the 1500s and we're like the 1800s? <laughs> It's like has electricity and shit or something. <laughs> We're thinking making like they're pioneers or something. <laughs> well, it is Mississippi. Okay, yeah. Well, you're not <laughs> um, wrong. Okay, so anyway, between the over. between the 1880s and the 1910s, mm-hmm. more temperance groups popped up, and they also gained more political power. Gross. Um, the two big ones that I kept seeing were the Anti Saloon League. And the Women's Christians Temperance un- uh, Union. So, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I think the the Christian Women's Temperance Union, mm-hmm. I think that was like a nationwide one. I think it was too, but like... Because I distinctly remember my mom telling me stories about my like ancestry and stuff and I had like a great great grandmother or a great great aunt or something like that who was like real big into prohibition and I think she was a member 
So our families were on different sides of this. And I'll tell you what made me realize that here in another paragraph. Okay. Um, so the first, these, these groups had their first major success. Um, that was, uh, allowing the sale of alcohol given to the counties. So the counties could decide instead of the state. Okay. And by the early 1900s, most of the counties had banned the sale of alcohol, and it was only allowed, not shockingly, to be sold in the Gulf Coast counties and the Mississippi River counties. Not shocking at all, seeing that you're in a river, which means... Travelers. Travelers. Trades. Yep. Trades people Mm -hmm. who live on a boat. And only solid way to live on a boat is intoxicated. Yep. Yeah. So it's, in 1908. Like, like demanded. Exactly. <laughs> My father is proof. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that one. <laughs> it wasn't. It was so good. Okay. Okay. So in 1908, 12 years before prohibition was federally a mm-hmm. law the state legislature passed a bill that only allowed druggists to sell some alcohol for medicinal purposes and allowed people to make and drink homemade wine now this is where my fun little family history comes up because growing up i always thought it was weird that my uncle or technically my great uncle uh made wine in his garage <laughs> and i use the term wine very loosely because that was strong <laughs> Um, and then, like, I kind of looked up his obituary, and uh, yeah, he was alive during Prohibition. So that's probably where he learned how to make homemade wine. Probably. That's <laughs> probably a solid place. <laughs> so all liquor sales were met with fines and short term jail sentences. Uh, you know what my brain just did? Hmm. my brain's like okay well what if you have like a family guy who used to get drunk all the time but now he doesn't and he just needs some time away from the family so he has a little bit of alcohol or sells it or buys it or whatever just to get the jail time did that make sense yeah okay (laughs) i i okay this is completely off topic but i actually heard of a story very recently i was scrolling through like my ig stuff and it was like officers what was your easiest arrest that you've ever done and it was a cop saying that he pulled over a car like it was an uber car Mm -hmm. and a guy was in the back seat with his date it was a blind date oh no and he did not like the girl and just wanted to get away from her so he got out of the car and he was like hey officer i i know i have a warrant out for my arrest Please pull it and just take me in so I can have a reason to just leave. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, how annoying do you have to be for a guy to be like, dude, arrest me. I have a warrant. It was like something, it was something like a, a suspended license or something. He was like, just take me to jail. Just do it, please. Just take me to jail. Yeah, I just I just need to get away from this girl. That is, and then how poor does that girl feel? Oh, no, Sorry. You know, I got arrested on this date. Have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah, no, that's what my brain thinks is like, like people in Mississippi, if they do drink, they would have been like, oh, well, I need some time away from the family. Mini vacay. Go to jail. (laughs) Mini vacay in jail in Mississippi. I don't know. Maybe he just wants some sleep. I don't fucking know. I don't know. (laughs) So 10 years later, Mississippi became the first state to ratify the 18th Amendment because it went into effect in 
1918, but of course yeah. they had to like fix it to where all the states did it and yeah. banned the sale of alcohol just altogether. Okay. So they started in 1908 officially. Damn. Yeah. So like Mississippi was like, yeah, you know this thing you're going to do. They were ahead of the curve for they, once. For for once they were ahead of the curve, but honestly, if you think about it, they're all just really conservative, usually really conservative people down there with stick up sticks up their asses, so this kind of tracks, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of those people with sticks up their asses, uh, the reasons why they supported prohibition ranged. Um, some of them were actually good reasons. Okay. They ranged from religious to economic, social, and r- racial reasons to ban it. Do you have more examples of those? I reasons? do. I do. Religiously, the Baptist and Methodists thought alcohol led to self-indulgence, violence, and keeping bad company. So sin. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of women groups that supported prohibition said that alcohol posed a threat to a stable and happy home which is the super nice way of saying that men would go out spend all their money on alcohol come home and beat their wives and kids yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm Mm -hmm. i'm solid on the second one yep i'm solid on the second one um and then other supporters thought that limiting how much people could drink would lead to better workers and make for a more stable climate for economic change in the growing cities um, two and three, okay. Make now make an actual sense. When I said racial reasons, did you think they were good or bad? This is Mississippi, so I thought they were bad. Good on you. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, supporters of prohibition claimed that African American men who drank too much posed a dangerous threat to white women. God damn it, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> It was common for prohibition to be used in reference to the purity of white homes and the danger of black people infringing on public space. So we're 50-50 right now on the reasons. No, 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 no. As much as I don't want women to come home and get beat up by their husbands. Like, 0% want that. Exactly. 0% want that. The racial thing, I feel like, is a little bit more impactful. It is. And, like, it's you, just... you, you can be like, hey, I don't want my husband to come home and beat me. Without having to be like, I also don't want this black guy to attack me. Yeah. Like, it, like I don't know where it balances no, out. They're not, like, a white man getting drunk and attacking you isn't... And like they're they're why do you need to like just men yeah. going home and attacking women should be the problem yeah that that should be like point period the end. should like, have no there should be no skin color involved exactly oh it's just so frustrating because of course that is like there is no real evidence no it's most just of shit it that was... white people make up because they're scared of black people for some stupid ass reason right and so they're like oh well alcohol makes it worse so no like that's it yeah that's it so some african-american groups helped to support prohibition to promote their image and their respectability and i totally get why they would do that yeah they're like well if we support it then you guys will maybe like us a little bit more yeah but it didn't really work as we see what happened with the 1960s of course not 50s and 60s yeah mississippi but like Mm -hmm. they tried they tried and i give them credit 10 out of um, 10, five stars. Other uh, p- 
people in the Mississippi Delta, specifically the back black ones, were like, fuck it. Um, and they didn't enforce it because they wanted all of their workforce to be happy. And after being forced to work all day with very little pay, uh, they needed a reason to be happy. Understandably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thanks to Prohibition, we got things like blues music and literature out of Mississippi that spoke about drinking a lot, proving that it was easily available. And the places, I found this so interesting, the places, so you know how you were like speakeasies. Mm -hmm. In Mississippi, they were called blind tigers. Interesting. Yes. I don't know, because every time, I guess I don't, when when you recall your mind back to things you think of when you think of like a speakeasy or prohibition or something like that, like you always have that mindset of either New York or Chicago or like a big city where, mm -hmm. you know, you go through the alleyway and you knock on the door seven times and you do a split or some weird shit. And a split! <laughs> And they let you in, and then you go through another secret door, you know, and, you know, Johnny's by the door with his little hat on, and he's like, sup, and yeah, you get that. Like, that's what I think we're exposed to the most when thinking of a speakeasy. Mm -hmm. Now, people in the South will always think of, you know, Bobby Joe and, and, and Tammy Sue in their car speeding down, you know, the back alleyway in the grass and shit. You know, running from the coppers because <laughs> the they've coppers. got because they've got moonshine in their backseat or something. Now, <laughs> blind tigers were actually just like shacks in the woods. <laughs> Better, <laughs> they were just shacks out in the woods. I love it. <laughs> um, but so like Richard White, who was a historian, mm -hmm. he wrote about how African-American hotel employees would go buy alcohol for the white hotel guests. Um, William Faulkner, who was a uh, really like big writer back then, uh, often <laughs> talked about how much he loved whiskey and hated prohibition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there was Tennessee Williams, who wrote Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which takes place on a Mississippi plantation during the time of Prohibition where all of the characters were always drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. nobody actually, you know. Nobody really followed that rule. Mm -mm. Um, federally, Prohibition ended in 1993, or 1993, 1933. I was going to say, I was like, damn! <laughs> it, ended, <laughs> it ended with us. <laughs> it did. It did. We ended it. We we ended prohibition. We were You're born welcome. and the world was like, fuck, we need a drink. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, but it ended federally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my god. In 1933. Mm -hmm. Um, and little fun fact, real quick. What do you think was the first state that immediately re-legalized alcohol was? 1933. Okay. Like, the solid first thought that comes to mind is going to be New York, just because big city, mm -hmm. all of that jazz. Um, but I feel like that's the obvious answer, so it's not right. Um, I feel like it's someplace surprising, like the South, maybe? I'm going to go with something just real random and say, like, Idaho. <laughs> No, but actually very close. It was Utah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's because Which they is had so weird. many wives. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Mormons don't drink. 
are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's one of those little Mormon secrets we don't talk about. <laughs> Just like alcohol sales in Mississippi during Prohibition. Exactly. They're all secrets. <laughs> But uh, maybe it's the people who weren't Mormons who had to deal with the Mormons. The Mormons. Because <laughs> I read that and I was like, wait, because apparently it was a race between Utah and Maine to be the first ones to legalize I it again. Fucking understand Maine. That shit is cold <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> and they, they were like, we need it to keep us warm. Yeah. Which is so funny because like the family that I was talking about is from Maine. So like that's weird but like maybe she was like the minority of maine yeah <laughs> and she's just like everybody wants to do prohibition and everybody's like fuck it's cold we need <laughs> we need the vodka <laughs> we need vodka need um that's why everybody's so drunk when... in russia because <laughs> <laughs> it's so cold it's so cold it's so cold but so when the country ended prohibition mississippi was like nah we're not gonna. So they kept it. Um, the state's voters voted to overturn prohibition in 1934 and in 1952, but weirdly just never happened. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound at all familiar. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say 1952? Yes. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. That is a lot longer than I... Okay. Continue. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. Okay, so it never happened, and the state legislator debated the repeal, the vote, mm -hmm. um, in 1960 and 1964, but it did end up changing the law. So a lot of people were kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of the laws, the fact that alcohol was banned, but since 1944, Mississippi had been taxing the sale of alcohol at 10%. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> They're like, it's illegal, but give us money on your sales. <laughs> it's like if the government asking people to do like a taxing on like dispensaries and shit. Like before yeah, or like, was, like or like taxing prostitution basically or sex. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, like, you're not supposed to do it, but give us the money. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so several courts from around the river and Gulf areas argued that if it was taxed, it was legal. Uh, yeah, because that's how, like, I don't know, it should work. Also, Biloxi is like a huge gambling town. Mm -hmm. It has been for a really long time. You can't mm -hmm. tell me that motherfuckers don't come in there and get drunk as shit and lose all their money. Exactly. So... Those counties just openly sold. They said, fuck the law. Well, yeah, if, especially if they're getting taxed on it, motherfucker. Exactly. So it in is. 1966, they legalized alcohol again in the state of Mississippi. Sort of. The power was handed back to the counties. Ugh, they just decided to go backwards. Yes. Um, and as of 2017, 32 counties were still dry. 24 of them had wet cities and eight didn't sell alcohol at all. Wow. Mm -hmm. In 2020, a bill was signed that made alcohol sales legal throughout the whole state, officially putting an end to prohibition. In 2020. 2020. 
I also have to be like, wow, like my parents were both alive when when prohibition ended in Mississippi, and then and we're just sitting over here like my, uh huh, like what, uh huh, nineteen oh eight. That is such a long to twenty twenty. <laughs> such a long time. Now, technically, uh, what was it? It was like the early 1900s that it was counties. So mm-hmm. we're talking 120 years, basically, of, yeah. of, of prohibition. That's ridiculous. Which is hilarious because, I mean, as we know already, like, as we know from throughout the entire fucking country, prohibition didn't even, like, do anything. It just created bootleggers and people paid off cops and all that kinds of stuff to be allowed created, to do what they Honestly, were doing. I think it created more crime than reduced crime, if you're going to be really honest. Because those people who, you know, like, were doing things in the mob and stuff like that had an easier outlet of things to do and a product to bring in and all of these things. So honestly, oh, I think prohibition created more crime than it stopped. There was also a, a rumor that down on the Gulf coast of Mississippi, Al Capone had a warehouse. Okay, well, there's so many goddamn rumors about Al Capone. Al Capone. <laughs> His stupid yeah. ass. He's just like, if we throw Al Capone's name on it, people will come. Like, exactly. It's. I was the, like, I wouldn't be Disney World of fucking true crime. Disney world of true crime. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to have fuckers name on it. <laughs> they just need to have an Al Capone convention. <laughs> In what was it, Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Every year, and then just all the businesses and places that claim that Al Capone came and did something there just have a booth. (laughs) For your big Al Capone fans. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure if we can make a TV show, Ryan Murphy will make it for us. And then, you know, yeah, Evan Peters play Al Capone Capone. (laughs) because he just fucking plays everybody. And then we could really get the youngsters in there. We're going to make him care about history. <laughs> We're going to make him care about the mean man who made alcohol. <laughs> Honestly, if they can make, if he can make people care about Jeffrey Dahmer, like. He made people care more than care about Jeffrey Dahmer. They made him obsessed about Jeffrey Dahmer. And that's Which is just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Like, like uh, I just, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it, he, I watched the, the show. It. He did a great job, don't oh, get yeah. me wrong, as an actor, as a performer. But yeah. like it gives me people the... people people took it way too far. Yeah, they did. Yeah, no. It's the people. It's not him. Like he did a show and he did respect to both, you know, the the victims, which is what you need to really focus on. Mm-hmm. He made you care about people who lost yeah. their lives to this horrible man. I mean, I wish they had focused on the victims a little bit more. Like my favorite and most disturbing episodes to me were the ones that were focused on the neighbor. Oh, yeah. Because you saw from her point of view. Yeah. Well, it just shows the impact of people around him compared to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, not that that tangent's over. Um, but, yeah, Prohibition. Yeah, no, Al, Al Capone um, convention. We're going to license this shit and we're just going to make a fuck ton of money on it. <laughs> Alcon. Alcon. <laughs> Every, everybody wear your fedoras. 
and your pinstriped suits with your cigars. In order to get in, you gotta knock seven times and do a split. <laughs> Amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. My turn. Yep. All right. So my uh my thing this week was when the vibe is off. And so I decided to do a little story about a witch. <laughs> Always love a good story about a witch. All right. So in a small, quiet, quaint town uh or city. They call it a city yeah. and a town and everything, and I hate that. Like, just stick to one. Because I right. feel like a town is smaller and a city is, like, bigger. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So in a small, quiet, quaint city uh, north of Jackson, Mississippi, lies a grave with a huge legend attached. The legend of the Witch of Yazo City. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. All oh, right, so I think that was one of the ones in my flood. Maybe. I feel like I remember, because remember, I was like, that can't be right. I had to have written that wrong while I was high on drugs. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, but no, this is actually real Yazo City. So the legend uh, goes that in 1884, a woman with no name um, was living by the riverbanks of Yazo River, luring fishermen into her home. As and, she should. Yeah, exactly. Because I bet she, because she has no name or like there was no really a description of her. I was just like, she's just like some hot chick who's like living in the swamps. Like, yeah. so obviously you have to be a hot chick to lure men um so she would lure them into her home torture and kill them for ritualistic purposes according obviously yeah because it's a legend and that's how it goes yep so locals caught wind of the stories and dubbed her a witch swamp witch when the local sheriff came by came looking for these missing men it is said that the woman fled her home running into the swamp to escape by the time the sheriff found her she was slowly descending into Mississippi quicksand to her death. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> okay, so, so, hold on. Okay. This takes me back, this takes me back to the thing of, like, what is the one thing that you were told about as a child that was never quicksand really... Quicksand was fucking quick, everywhere. Quicksand quick was everywhere. It, but it's not everywhere and it doesn't you don't go into quicksand as quick as you think you like as yeah. quick as they told us like it's yeah. a very it's a very slow process yeah it's not like indiana jones in the temple of the crystal skull kind of quicksand where you know like the air bubble pops and you drop five feet like yeah like <laughs> so like so she must have been in there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she like ran away and the cops are like, oh, I gotta go get this bitch. And like they run into the woods and stuff. And she's like, well, fuck. And then she's like, <laughs> she's like down to her waist or something. So there's not really a way to get her out. I don't know. I've never tried to get out of quicksand because once again, it's not a thing that you should be scared of in your everyday exactly. life. Like, like I was told I, I, to by I'm my movies. Sure relatively easy to get out of quicksand if you're not like up to it in your way to your waist like right? okay but as she slowly sank into the swamp she vowed she would get her revenge and curse my revenge my revenge ah! i curse <laughs> you and your city and in 20 years time to the day she would burn the town to the ground 
Oh my God. Tell me there was a fire. Tell me there was a fire. <laughs> Maybe, tell me there possibly, was a fire. Possibly. Um, so the people of Yazo City eventually buried her in Glenwood Cemetery to ensure. Oh, so they got her out of the quicksand. Okay. I guess so. Um, I guess she like maybe got like up to her head or something and like she couldn't breathe or something. So she yeah. was like a head in the sand. And they're like, I don't want that. So <laughs> they could have just let the quicksand continue taking her unless she reached the bottom of the pit. And she might have. She might have been like a like a fairly decently tall witch. I don't know. Yeah. Um have you ever seen that uh robot chicken clip of the giraffe in quicksand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Is he reaches the bottom and his head just like, out. Ah fuck. <laughs> Um, so they eventually uh, buried her in Glenwood Cemetery to ensure that the witch's spirit could not rise again. The people of the town uh, placed a heavy oval-linked chain around her grave with the inscription of just the date of her death on her gravestone, which was May 25th, 1884. Mm-hmm. So, like, I went to try to find pictures because it's obviously, like, obviously kind of like a bigger tourist attraction in Yazo City. Um, and it's not, like, over her grave. It's like around her gravesite. So like I don't know what I think it's because like if she were to get out, she couldn't cross over the iron. Maybe. That's I'm we're gonna have to go with that because there was I didn't see any significance to the oval ringed chain link. Other than it's like, like I think it's like a salt ring. Yeah. Okay. But made of chain. Yeah. Oval. Oval chain. Like oval really chain. big oval chains. <laughs> right, oval so team. <laughs> every day the groundskeeper goes out and sprinkles around oval <laughs> team around them. <laughs> but uh, there the witch lay in the center of the cemetery for 20 years, waiting for her revenge. So on May 25th, 1904, exactly 20 years after the death of the witch, Yazo City went up in flames. As it should. <laughs> the fire quickly and swiftly, which are the same word except different, um, <laughs> right across the city, are destroying about 200 homes and most of the businesses in the city. Don't uh, ever try to stop a witch. I guess. Um, so the sources say the fire was, um, the source of the fire was a young woman who was um, <clears throat> cooking in her kitchen, preparing for her wedding day. If you're preparing for your wedding day, I don't know why you're you're working in the kitchen, but I don't know. It's not 1904. Um, I was going to say she was preparing for all the sandwiches. <laughs> it's like you had to cut the little crusts off and make them yeah. little tiny triangles. Yes, yeah, she was making the cucumber sandwiches. Sandwiches. Um, witnesses said, uh, witnesses to the place said the fire had to have seemed to have some paranormal qualities. It jumped. It twisted. It leaped in a way that they'd never seen before. Bum, bum, bum. Like, if you really, like, I can't really. I mean, fire, fire jumps. Yeah. Fire like... twists. It's called air and oxygen and, like, you know, yeah. combustibility. So I'm, I'm assuming that most of the people in this town had never really seen a big fire before. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> um, but, but many of the onlookers believe that the, da- the flames danced by command of the witch. <laughs> So, bum bum bum. I mean, mood. <laughs> You're like, fuck you. Like, I can see, like, just the witch kind of like standing outside of town, like flicking her finger, finger. or something, like making the, the the flames dance and stuff. Just like dancing 
around a little miniature that she built of the entire city just being like haha like a little voodoo town like, <laughs> she's like i've had 20 years to prepare for this I that's why i said 20 ready. and not two days yeah exactly. i needed to make sure that all of the building's paints were correct yeah like i really need it has to, to be sure. accurate yeah this is this needs to be beetlejuice accurate like with adam and his little town of yeah yeah like this needs to be this accurate so i can make sure that i want to destroy (laughs) destroy (laughs) um but when the blaze was finally snuffed out um the next day the townspeople went to go to the witch's grave because they're like this seems a little coincidental it's the same day (laughs) um like this This seems like a coincidence like i think not yeah so um to their shock and bewilderment, the chain around the witch's grave was broken, as they described with some supernatural strength. So it appeared the witch had gotten the revenge she promised. I mean, it was a 20-year-old iron <laughs> Like, how how well were they really keeping up with it, to be completely honest? Like, it could have just rusted. It really could have, honestly. Like, it may be the heat from the flames around town or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it could have just corroded. Yeah, like you're. It's literally you know, in it's the li- ground. It's, it's swampland. Yeah, you're in. It's it's iron in the ground. It's gonna just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. But oh, you never know. Yeah, you know, you never know. They totally know. didn't want to lie to the newspapers and be like, "Yeah, no, we weren't upkeeping the graves." Yeah. What do you mean? We took pristine care of our dead people. Yeah. Um, so a local author named Willie Morris memorialized the Witch of Yazoo in a novel of his called Good Old Boy and the Witch of Yazoo. Uh, it's a very uh, creative name. Sure. sure. <laughs> creative. We'll go with that. Just so bad. Was 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 did you like read a synopsis? Was the good old boy like escaping the witch's grasp? Like was he a That's survivor the name of, of the his hunt- own novel? He na- like he titled that after he wrote it, and he's just like, "This is what I want to title this." <laughs> like Stephen King, that shit. Like make it a little bit more interesting. You're right. Why did you? And he didn't even put like "good old" like "o l" apostrophe like a a proper southerner. Good old, like an actual word, old. Oh no! Yeah, like and maybe if you threw the old in there, like you actually talk like you're from the south, it would make no. a little bit more sense. But no. no, good old boy and the witch of Yazoo. That is a terrible novel name. Yeah, he is not getting onto the Times 100 with that shit. Mm-mm. But it not was a, published not a new not a New York best time but or bestseller. Nope. No, it was published in 1971. Um. So at least 70, 60, 70 years after the fire and everything, they're like, oh, I hear about this legend. Let me just write it in this terrible novel. Um, <laughs> Watch it actually be like a work of pure fucking art and literature. Right. He's just bad at titling things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it is a world renowned book and it's just a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, like terrible. It's a fucking masterpiece. It, he was William Shakespeare of his day. But he couldn't do a title worth shit. <laughs> Which I feel that. Titles are hard, man. Every time I have to title an episode for this podcast, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I know. It has to be, like, interesting, yet, you know, all these things. Oh, let's see. 
Oh, I paid off our necklaces from um from Christmas. Go me. All right. <laughs> um, so today you can uh visit the Witch of Yazoo's grave in a walking tour of Glenwood Cemetery. Um, a woman by the name of Vey McGraw, who has played the witch for about 50 years during the tour, says her family owns the funeral home that oversees the cemetery. The most interesting part of it all is that nobody really knows who the witch is. Um, while doing the tours, they just refer to her as the person who is buried here. <laughs> so it's the woman with no name. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're just like, okay, well, you know, some say that, um, so the records for the cemetery burned in the 1904 fire. <laughs> so if there was proof of a person, there isn't now because the witch got her revenge. <laughs> I mean, there, there could be if you use like ground penetrating radar and shit like that, or, you know, you dug up the grave, but like last time she burned the house, burned, burned the town down. So yeah. Maybe not. But so because the records were born or burned in 1904, um, they even say she's like, there's no proof of anything. There's no cemetery records. Um, she said also there's no record, but there also but there is someone buried there. So because how, they didn't. How do you know? But. There could maybe there maybe there's not somebody there. We don't know. Exactly. She broke the chains. Bitch might have gotten out. <laughs> She she floated they didn't, her they ass didn't up. Open, they didn't open the grave. They were just like, shit, chain's broken. Better fix it. <laughs> like, like, she oh, could no. be gone. She could be the vampire witch of Yazoo City. Like, nope, really knows. <laughs> maybe it's this old lady who's like going around pretending that she's the witch. She's like, maybe nobody she's... knows. Yeah. Yeah. If you say you're the witch in the in the cemetery tour what person's gonna doubt you and be like oh okay you just play a witch maybe she is the witch <laughs> she's just really fucking old <laughs> exactly she's been playing this she's witch what, 50 years she, she's been playing the witch for 50 years so she has to be at least 100 <laughs> that bitch didn't start when she was eight nobody <laughs> was gonna believe that it was an eight-year-old witch <laughs> Right? She's she's torturing men in a hut near the swamp. Like, come on. She has to be at least 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go, like, 18. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. You know. That, in that time period, the eight, 18 is the new 25. So it Exactly. It makes sense. So, but yeah. So that I mean, is... You could have been 14, for all we know. Allowed to vote in legal, whether or not you can get a fucking alcoholic alcohol license. Like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> But yeah, so that is that is the story of the witch of Yazoo City who got her revenge on on the town. The nameless witch. The nameless witch. It's a little frustrating that there's like, it's just like could be. <laughs> but like here, so so men were just disappearing, apparently, and they were just like ah, this chick that lives out in the swamps by herself. She must be torturing and killing these men. Oh my gosh! It's the the crawdads. Yeah, I was about to say it's this is where the crawdads sing, but in Mississippi. Now I'm a little suspicious of that author. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I heard a story about Mississippi one time. <laughs> but what if? What if? What if? I make it North Carolina instead. 
no one would ever know <laughs> no one who's gonna know who's gonna know because when you first started i was like wow this this sounds a lot like where the crawdads sing but there was no quicksand in that <laughs> okay <laughs> So it's the one thing that she decided to omit from the from the new story was she's like nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a happier ending <laughs> no 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 quicksand no quicksand no revenge fires <laughs> good lord <laughs> all right well that brings us to the end of another episode of yeah. history bucket the podcast we don't even need the bucket to tell us what our it. you know. I'll bring it. I'll bring it over for dramatic effect. Okay. Good, because I needed to remind me what my topic is. <laughs> Murder most foul. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. I remember. And mine is cryptids. Yes. 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 Oh, cool! I get to do somebody getting murdered. I'm so excited. And yeah, I he... was excited about that too. And then guess what I found? <laughs> yeah. Racially motivated murders. I feel like that's what's gonna happen. I don't know. It's Mississippi. You found you found a fucking swamp witch, dude. <laughs> a no-name swamp witch who actually burned her town down. Like she followed exactly. through. I'm real, pr- I'm real proud of her for not chickening out. <laughs> right? She <laughs> wrote a contract and stuck to it. Yeah. She did New Year's resolution like a beast. Exactly. She stamp of approval done. Her 20-year plan solid. <laughs> <laughs> amazing 20 years on the dot (laughs) she's like i'm not waiting another fucking day 20 years done (laughs) right i am prepared and ready (laughs) right i have spent 20 years preparing for this day i don't need a single extra hour (laughs) nope gonna make that shit happen then (laughs) oh this bitch is ready for her wedding i think (laughs) nobody gets happiness on my day exactly I'm supposed to be making a uh, a dramatic reveal of my 20-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, um, please follow us on our social media pages, History Bucket, the podcast on Facebook, and History underscore Bucket on Instagram. Um, we did finally update our lovely logo and stuff. Did we yes. mention that on the last podcast? I think so. Okay. But it's still super cool. You should go check it out. Um, we are not getting any better at updating it, but, you know, habits we need to form. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.